All right, welcome to the Big Texas Podcast presented by Texas Young Republicans. I'm your host, Jordan Overturf, bringing to you another episode interviewing a candidate out on the campaign trail. We got Vance Snyder talking to us today via telephone about his race in CD13. But before we get to that, as always, we've got a little bit of housekeeping to do. Uh, Thank you so much for everyone who's been listening. Again, this podcast goes out on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, wherever you get your podcasts, we should be there. If not, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Big Texas Podcast or follow us at the Texas Young Republicans Facebook page. Um, We are so appreciative to everyone who's been listening and to the candidates who have been working with us to get these interviews done. Uh, Again, if you know someone who'd like to come on the podcast, you can reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram at Big Texas Podcast. Uh, Also, we got a special election runoff coming up in January in Houston and Fort Bend area. Early voting starts on January 21st and election day is January 28th for the special election runoffs for HD 28 and HD 148. That's Gary Gates running down in the uh, Richmond Rosenberg area. And then you've got Louis LaRota, friend of the podcast, who's running right there in Houston proper, the Heights area. Um, and if you want to know more about Louis, you can go back, check out episode one. Again, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. My guest today is Vance Snyder. He is about as salt of the earth as you can get uh, when it comes to Texans. I had a great time chatting with Lance, who, or excuse me, Vance. I always do that. Vance, I apologize sincerely. Uh, Vance was pulling double duty as a candidate and Mr. Mom uh, talking to us on the phone uh, during the holiday break. And so we appreciate him joining us. Uh, You know, when you talk about what it makes to be a Texan, these blue collar guys like Vance, who, you know, he proudly served in the military and, uh, you know, he's raising a family. He is. Uh, working for BNSF Railroad. I mean, I'll let him tell you the story, but I had a great time. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Mr. Vance Snyder. Perfect Texas weather right now, right? I mean, you know, the the Christmas rarely disappoints. I mean, if you're not experiencing all four seasons in one day, you're not really living in Texas. (laughs) (laughs) that's, that's, That's really what it comes down to. I mean, I think one day this winter we've had, I think it was nice and sunny in the morning, and then we got about 60, and then near the evening time it shot down to like 20 degrees and the snow and blowing wind and rain and sleet, and the next day it all melted away. Absolute bananas. So uh, how, do, how does that compare with uh, your worst day when, when uh, serving overseas, uh, weather-wise? Uh, is there more competition uh, on the battlefield uh, you know, while, while you're moving around, or does Texas kind of put you through your paces? Uh, Texas and Colorado Springs are pretty similar where we are stationed at. And when we actually went overseas, it was – uh, same type of terrain, same type of weather that we had, weather patterns we were used to in Colorado. So we we trained like we we trained like we fought. We went around. Uh, we didn't go out on patrol and stuff when it did snow, or rain, or sleet because of the clay and the dirt was a little bit different. So you'd slip and fall. And so what we ended up doing, uh, I used to have videos up, but not anymore. And whenever it snow, we would actually get with these things called a sketco. And these sketcos would be, that's what you're supposed to, you know, t- 
take put an injured soldier on and, and pull them uh, kind of a little sled well we'd all pile up on that thing and sled down in the snow and have a good time just good morale booster so well, we made the best of every situation we came across well there you go so for for people who don't uh you know don't know much about you vance why don't you give us just a, a quick background uh, on who you are where you come from and uh, you know why you're starting to get involved in this in this race yeah, so my name is Vance Snyder. I grew up in Dumas, Texas, uh, up in the Texas Panhandle, top little square part. And uh, after high school, left the military, did five and a half years overseas, did two tours overseas. I'm sorry, did five and a half years in the military, did two tours overseas, did one tour to Afghanistan from 2009 to 2010 with 4th Infantry Division out of Fort Carson. Uh, our unit in that deployment, we came to the highest decorated unit in all of Afghanistan. Uh, even to this day, we've had documentaries. We had uh, one battle came out with eight silver stars, two medals of honors, and I think one of them right now is getting upgraded to a Army Service Cross. Uh, second tour, it wasn't really a tour. It was more of a, I don't know, I don't know how you call it. it was, we went to Kuwait. It was in the shutdown of Iraq, and it was just this, uh, anything happened in Iraq, we'd be the first ones in and out. Back to the military, they left the go work in the railroad transportation industry back home in Moore County and for a little short line railroad. I worked there for almost two years and I quickly moved up in management there. I left there uh, after uh, after almost two years with good work for BNSF Railway and I'm still a railroad conductor for BNSF Railway in Amarillo and that's my full-time gig, full-time job. That's what I do. I'm a blue-collar worker and this coming January, actually next month, will be five years with the company. So uh, I got involved in this. I really got tired of the BS going along in our politics right now and how things are going. You know, it's like it's like what we say is, uh, you know, you can sit there and gripe and complain and do everything around the coffee table or you can get up and go do something about it. So that's what I did. I got up and decided to do something about it, put myself out there and get out of my private life and make my life public and go forth and make this thing happen. You know, I'm a, I'm a blue-collar worker and, uh, you know, my saying is, when my hands are rough, my, boot, my boots are dirty, and I'm not a career politician. That's what it comes down to. I've never been involved in politics my entire life. Well, it's my it, first time running for public office. Well, and that's, you know, it, it kind of an interesting thing about the changing dynamics uh, of politics within the past few years. I mean, every now and then there there is a young up-and-comer, but, you know, with the rise of uh, Dan Crenshaw, you also have the rise of AOC, and more and more young people are starting to run for these offices. So, um, you know, aside from, you know, being unhappy with the things that you're seeing happening at the federal level, you know, what are some of the other reasons as a young person that uh, caused you to go ahead and get involved and decide to run for political office? Uh, just aside from yeah, being young, that's what really that's what's really killing our nation right now. You have too many people that are set in stone in their old sets of ways. Uh, you know, and I guarantee you, over the next probably five to ten years, you're going to see the Republican Party evolve to a newer beast where you have people like myself that have these new fresh ideas where people that are in the older generation, they're, they're not, they're stuck in their same old ways and their same, well, back in my day, you know, we went up battle, went uphill 15 miles of school uphill both ways. Well, it's a, I mean, if you keep saying that over and over again, people are going to get used to it and get tired of it. That's why right now we have a huge influx of millennials 
going on to the Democratic side because they hear all the things about free this, free that, and that's where the biggest voting demographic is, and that's why the Democrats are uh, they're targeting an audience. If we can revolutionize this Republican side and the younger generation, let them know, like, hey, we're not the you know we're not these older people, we're not this older generation. Get more younger people involved, then you know maybe we can just revamp it a little bit and do a you know just like a just like a Hollywood reboot. Yeah, uh, we can reboot it and 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 go go forth with it. That, that's that's what it comes down to. That's why my my idea is. I got told actually I was looking at a comment earlier on my Facebook page, and somebody told me I like you because you're unconventional, but you're still conservative. And that's true. There, there's so much truth to that because I'm, I'm looking out for the blue collar worker and all, you know, the Democrats were so long targeted, you know, with unions and labor unions and workers and all this other stuff. But really what in the hell have they ever done for them? Mm-hmm. What, what have the Democrats really done for the working men and women? They've done nothing but raise taxes on us. Me, what I want to do, I want to cut taxes after overtime. You work 40 hours in the overtime after that, you don't get taxed because you get maybe an eighth of that back. Uh, on your pay period and you put all that straight in your body and then whenever it comes to income tax you wonder if you're really going to get that money back that you got taxed on your overtime yeah and, and, and with, you have larger, with more and more yeah, young people you know the this job market uh thankfully be, has been has been booming and more and more young people are getting into uh you know these skilled hourly uh paying jobs where overtime would be uh, something that could benefit their families. So, you know, that's an innovative policy solution that I haven't heard too many people jump on board with. Um, I want to go back uh, to something you you uh, were talking about earlier, though, where you're saying, you know, the older generation like to say the old line of, well, I walked, you know, uphill both ways in the snow, 15 miles to school there and back. But, you know, I don't think they really thought it through when you're talking to a large generation of people like yourself who went into military service, you know, that, that old tack of, uh, you know, it was much difficult for us when we were younger. Doesn't really sell with a guy like you, uh, you know, a guy like Louis LaRota who's running down in Houston, uh, you know, to that end, what do you think it is that is inspiring more and more of our military folks to get involved in the political scene when they come home? That's plain and simple. We've seen the evil in this world, and we don't want to see our country turn that way. Uh, we've been, we've been, we've been in uh, you know crap hole countries where they don't have any kind of value of life. You know, reparations for somebody that was killed overseas. I know that they went through to the U.S. government and asked them, well, we want operations for killing our son. Give us a bag of rice and a bag of beans. And that's the value of life that they had on that person. It wasn't anything else. Or they'd ask for a couple thousand dollars. And we've seen this kind of evil in the world. We don't want our country turning into that. We want our country to stay great and continue to evolve and be the number one nation in the United States and continue to have this freedom that we have today and not be oppressed by um, I mean, look into look look at the how the Taliban has just completely oppressed all the education system in the actual in Afghanistan. I can use that as an example all day long because I've, I've been there and I've seen it happen. And, you know, people complain, gripe, and complain about um, you know children or something like that getting killed in these countries. Well, uh, there's this movie I watched a long time ago, and it has to do with it's called Lord of War with Nicolas Cage before he went crazy and started making all these straight to video movies. But he had this movie, he had this movie and one of the greatest quotes in that movie was 
from a from a warlord he was selling to is a bullet from a 12 year old is just as effective as one from a 30 year old and there's a lot of truth to that and you have these other countries that are doing that we don't want to i'm not saying we'll ever evolve to that but it, it's uh military the reason why we're, we're all running is because we love our constitution we love our rights we love everything about this country and we raised our right hand to defend the constitution from both uh, enemies foreign and domestic and right now and especially the republican side we see that being we see that constitution being threatened on the daily uh with more socialist actions and more communistic actions that the democrats are trying to push to buy over these young people you know free health care and free school for everybody well that's Somebody's got to pay for it. I mean, we have the largest. We have the largest. They want to push us free healthcare garbage, right? Yeah. Well, we already have free healthcare for the men and women that fought for this country, and we can't even get that to work correctly. Yeah. And that's government funded. And that's called the VA healthcare system. If you want free school, you know, for too for too long, we've put it push for go to college, go to college. Well, now you got all these colleges profiting off these stupid degrees that don't even work. You know, what are you going to do with an art uh, art history degree? You're really not going to do anything with it. What are you going to do with a liberal arts degree? Well, that's nothing but a fancy way of saying you got a general studies degree. You know, it, and we have a huge shortage of STEM majors. And with these STEM majors, we, you know, we have a shortage of uh, physicians, uh, doctors, lawyers, all those types of all those types of careers because kids are too lazy to go for to school. We need to start pushing more into trades and getting uh, taking care of the shortage of plumbers and carpenters. No, welders. I mean, they all. You can go to these trades, pay a couple hundred dollars, get a certificate, and go out and start making twenty to thirty dollars an hour in these trade in these trades, and not have any student debt. Whereas now you get out of college with hundred thousand dollars of debt, expect to have a hundred thousand dollar job. Yeah, well, in uh, Texas, you know, energy is is big money. You know, that's one of the fastest growing job markets is in the energy field. Uh, you know, and while while on the on the larger scale we look at something like a green new deal and say you know that's not really feasible but what is happening in this state is providing uh, high paid uh, high skilled jobs um, you know what do you think it is that that we can change or that you yourself uh, hope to do uh, if elected to congress to engage more of those programs you know is it more uh, funding for for that in public schools is it creating more bridge programs through community colleges what is it do you think uh we can do to change the culture of uh college 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 and get more people to realize the value of this skill training well i think the biggest issue that we're seeing right now is just laziness we have too many kids that are we have too many people growing up and they don't understand going out and getting a job at 16 or 15. So there needs to be a, it's not only just a college, college, college thing, but it's also a, um, it's a culture thing too. So, you know, I would want to, honestly, I'd like to encourage more, more trade schools and have a trade program or educational, educational program or educational campaign thrown out there saying, Hey, no, there's no shame in going out and being a plumber and making 40 or 50 bucks an hour. I mean, it's not all about going and putting your hand down a toilet and make sure it's unclogged. It's, there's a lot more to it. You can do everything from oxygen lines in a hospital, commercial grade. You can do plumbing for, you can do plumbing for, you know, PVC for maybe like a farm or a ranch or something like that to feed and water horses in the agriculture industry. And it, 
people think plumber that that's what they think. They think you're just going to go out and deal with toilets and sewage all day. It's, it's not right. Um, you look into the carpenters, you can go everything from being a carpenter and be a framer. And all you do is just frame houses or you can go through and you frame in door, uh, doorways. I mean, and you look over into electricians, electricians is a huge shortage right now. And it's another apprenticeship program. You go into electricians or, you know, you might be out there crawling in attics or you do commercial grade where you're putting in electricity through the walls of commercial buildings. There's so many opportunities out there. Um, you know, that there's a lot, I think there's a lack of education on that for these students, uh, in high school and stuff. What do you think it is, uh, that you can do to connect with younger voters who are coming out and they're, you know, looking at these pie in the sky promises of free healthcare, free tuition, you know, uh, how do we connect with the next generation of voters? You know, they got, they really need to learn how to put forth that work effort. Uh, I don't know why there's such a sense of entitlement right now and why they feel like they entitled to everything, uh, how to actually go forth and, and, and wrangle them in. You know, that's, that's something that's, you know, I really don't have a, a, a perfect answer for, you know, it's, it's, um, it's kind of like, I don't know how to explain it. It's, uh, You know, when you say free, everyone everyone wants it. It's just like when you have the have the BOGO sales, the buy one get one free sales at Payless or wherever it may be. Some somebody's having to pay for that other pair of shoes. Somebody has to has to deal with that. And I don't think that they get so they get so up caught with or caught up with wanting everything for free and feeling everything's going to be free and entitled to them that they don't want to put forth that effort and actually work um you know that like i said i just don't know to to get, to grasp on to the to the younger voters and stuff you know what well, maybe i can just set that example saying like look look at me um, i got i went to the military five and a half years and that's how i paid for the college that i did go to that i did take the course that i went to uh and then i went to Went and started a career in the transportation with it that didn't require a degree and did quite well, still doing quite well, and you get fed up. And here I am, 30 years old, running for U.S. Congress uh, for Texas 13 here in my district. You know, if you have that good head on your shoulders and you're motivated and you look, you wake up every day with goals set in mind, you can do you can do anything you put your mind to. You know, it, it's it's just one of those things. It's I've always, my wife tells me this all the time. She's like, you're just absolutely amazing. Why do you say that, babe? And she says, well, anytime you set a goal for yourself or you want to go do something, you go for it and you go do it. Like, you don't care what people think or do. You just do it. You know, I've never seen somebody work so hard before. And it's about putting forth that work effort and work effort and ethic. Uh, I grew up with a work ethic. I started working for my dad when I was 13 years old, sweeping the floors, mop, sweeping a mop in the floors, cleaning bathrooms, taking trash out of as an auto parts store. And by age 15, I was buying my own clothes. I was buying my own clothes for school, and that was a couple of pairs of Wrangler jeans from the Walmart for $13 a pair, and a couple of four packs of T-shirts, Hanes T-shirts. That was what I wore at school because. You know, I wasn't like all the other kids where their mom and dad bought them, you know, $100 pairs of Lucky Jeans or $80 pairs of Echo Jeans from the Buckle. 
or Hollister and stuff like that. Um, you know, it wasn't about designer jeans. It was about me putting forth my own dime and my own dollar to work for it. So it, it's, I grew up, I grew up a little bit, uh, different than a lot of other people that are my age generation because my age generation is considered the millennial generation. But I have that work ethic that was instilled in me at a young age, at the age of 13. Well, and I, I, I imagine that way. I imagine that's got to be resonating well with, uh, you know, your, your voters there in the district. Um, and as you're going out and, you know, you're block walking, uh, you're meeting folks out at local events, you know, what are some of the issues that are resonating most with them? Uh, biggest issues that we see in our area. Uh, I've talked to a lot of other, to a lot of county officials and stuff, and a lot of it was unfunded mandates. It was things that the counties and local government have to pay for that shouldn't have to pay for. We have one county in our district that's fixing up to spend $125,000 on new voting equipment machines out of their county funds when they have maybe 2,000 people in their in their county, which is ridiculous. You shouldn't have to pay that. And the only reason they have to have electronic voting machines is because of federal law. Federal law requires them to have those electronic voting machines and they could easily do it all by paper and tally it up and go that route. And that's what we see uh, being an issue in some of these in these smaller rural counties. Our district is, is, is our district is a lot different than the majority of the United States because of how rural it, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have a lot of counties that make up of a thousand, two thousand people. We have one county that has less than three hundred people in it. And now there's forty one counties total in my district, and I've traveled to probably about half of them so far. And I'm planning on traveling to the other half before early voting starts next month. Uh, so I think I was just kind of rambling on there. That is a big issue, though. Uh, and a lot of that stuff is being passed on to the voters and stuff. And, that you know, they need to have some kind of assistance for these small rural areas. Well, and I mean, I think that may be an issue to, to kind of pivot to whereas you know if if you are elected you're going to go into a congress that has largely turned its focus to the urban areas not just of the state but of the country uh you know what what problems do you think that presents for you and how do you you know plan to address that if you are elected how do you uh you know how do you hope to bridge the divide between the urban and rural representation in Congress? Bring up actual issues and actual facts and data. Uh, there's a lot more than just my rural area. You have the, a lot of, I mean, have you ever driven through Kansas? That's a rural area. I mean, the same thing with Nebraska. You go, everything is right here in the middle of the United States. You have Texas, um, you, know, you have Texas, Oklahoma, See Texas, Oklahoma, New Mexico, uh, Kansas, Nebraska, North Dakota, South Dakota. You know, a whole area of Wyoming. I mean, Wyoming has more senators than they do representatives. <laughs> That's why they have three electoral votes. Mm-hmm. So they need, we need to quit focusing just on what the issues are on the East and the West Coast. We need to focus on the issues among the United States as a whole. And to bridge that gap, the best thing we do is team up with the other representatives in these rural areas and start working with them to come up with legislation that's going to help out us in these rural areas and not just uh, not just these urban areas like Dallas, Houston, Austin, or 
you know, Los Angeles, New York, um, Houston, or I said Houston already, sorry, Chicago, Minnesota, you know, th- these are all big cities. That's where everybody's flocking to, but you still have to remember that we have every voice needs to be heard. That's the purpose of being a representative. Keyword is represent. You know, you represent every single person in your district, not just the ones in the big cities or the people giving you money. You know, and that, you know, that's one thing I plan on doing whenever I'm elected is go to all 41 counties every quarter or every, every semi or semi annually. You know, it takes probably about 10 to 15 days to do it of travel time, but I'm going to go to every single county and go hold a town hall meeting and talk to everybody and let them know about education and legislation that's being brought up, what's going to be going on, see what their viewpoints are and what's going to be passed. And I understand I'm not going to be able to bring up every piece of legislation up to them. I'll have to vote on my own. But whenever Thomas Paine created the pamphlets for independence for uh, called Common Sense, whenever they said we can't send everybody up there to go and vote for us, we elect one person to be a, a like-minded individual to represent us in our area. And that's what that was one of the forming documents to what we have today in the Constitution of being a representative. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm a like-minded individual like everybody else in my district. 80% of my district's working class. The other 20% is your professional things like lawyers, doctors, and uh, other things of that, of that nature. And that's why I want to go forth and go put forth this uh, help out these other urban areas across the United States. Uh, you know, it seems for like too long. I mean, our, our voices were heard in 2016 election because we were fed up with how the countries ran the last eight years. Mm-hmm. And then here they go trying to impeach a president, yet the republic spoken. And people say, well, people vote, not area, not land. Well, you don't understand the people, the reason why the, they put the electoral voting system, the electoral college in the inside the Constitution was so that states would have a say and so that all these people would have a say in their areas and their land masses and their territories, not just a popular vote of concentrated areas that live along the east or the west coast or certain areas. I mean, people don't understand that. Uh, no, anyway, you, you you brought up the magic word, so I, I'm going to go ahead and circle back to it. Um, you know, where where do you stand on impeachment and uh, where do you think we can course correct uh, when the new uh, term begins in 2021? I mean, we've got a whole year. We're going to have to still go through whatever happens in the Senate. Uh, but even still, regardless of the outcome, what do you think it's going to take for Congress, uh, you know, to get back to work on the issues when clearly they're so fractured right now? Yeah, see, the last three years they've been focusing so hard on this impeachment and trying to just attack Trump that they haven't really been helping the people or taking care of the people. And that's why this coming year, this election season, you're going to see more red than you've ever seen before in your life because people are fed up and they're tired of it. They're sick and tired of the BS. You know, they're, they're, this impeachment's nothing but a sham. And I, I truly believe it's because they don't have a viable candidate on their side for the presidential election. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, you know, for it to revamp, I, I think after, after this coming election, you're going to see a lot more red. We're going to take the House back over and, you know, continue to keep the Senate red. And we'll see a, a new, re- new, new revitalization and somebody's going to help and work for the president, but not only work for the president but work for the people again and not just be a bunch of selfish pricks trying to impeach our president. That's really what it's come down to. They are just, they're, they're so damn, they're, they're so darn selfish right now. I'm getting heated right now. I'm sorry. No, I understand. Um, I imagine there's a lot of your voters who are pretty heated about this (laughs) issue as well. (laughs) Yeah. 
yeah, they're so heated. They're so they're so selfish right now about their own personal gain, power, and wealth that they forget who put them in office, and they're going to be voted out. I mean, it's plain and simple. That's how you do it. That's how you take care of it. You get rid of them by actually going forth and voting, voting for. I mean, I have independents that are coming. That you know, independents are are, are your biggest swing voters, and they go left and right, and. Some that voted Democrat last time, last go around, they're coming over because, like, yeah, we're a little bit far left. I have Democrats coming on page getting ready to vote for me because they don't like the way things are going and the way things you, uh, the way things uh, have turned out. They like a lot of the ways where I'm at and where I'm at in the issues. You know, anybody can. Uh, a big issue that I see right now is, is the impeachment, or not just the impeachment, but immigration. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I live at, we live in, we have a highly Hispanic community in our in my district. And I, I mean, I remember one day I went to school back in 2006. I was on my way to school, and every intersection was blocked off by black SUVs while a bunch of buses went through town. And come to find out, they went and raided a meatpacking plant 10 miles north of where I live at, and they took away a lot of illegal immigrants that were up there working. Mm-hmm. And whenever we went to um, I went to school, we didn't know really what was going on. The next day I came to school, maybe half, maybe two-thirds of my school was gone because of the Students that were my age were at home taking care of little brothers or sisters because mom and dad got picked up by ice. It hits home to me. It hits hard because to see that kind of that kind of sadding thing stricken and hit home, it really hit home because I grew up with these people. I grew up playing football and and, and stuff like that, sports in high school with all these with all these different kids, and then they have to go forth and take care of that and have that tragedy. Uh, with the immigration itself, yeah, the wall is, the wall is a very great thing. It's going to deter human trafficking. And these coyotes go and charge people ten to fifteen thousand dollars to bring people to the United States illegally, but yet the there's a lack of education south of the border that we can implement and implement a program to them. Average cost is about one to three thousand dollars per person to come to the United States illegally, and that's with attorney fees and application fees and stuff. If we can, if we can fast track the situation, if we can actually fast track what it costs. To come to the United States, if we can quit making it take two to three years for an actual, uh, like two to three years for, say, to become legal residents or legal citizens, we can fast track a little bit for these people who want to come and have life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness in our country, like our forefathers did. Then let's do it. What's the harm is going to do? Because the sooner we get them to the United States, become citizens, the sooner they can start paying taxes and, and contributing to our society. And we need to have an educational system for it, and and you know make it a more affordable form. Uh, and that's really what it really comes down to. Yeah. Do you think uh, Congress can have a re- uh, responsible? I don't know if it can be respectful, but can they have a responsible conversation about immigration and deliver something to the president's desks? I think they can if they can get it all out of their heads. That if they if they can get rid of all the hate in their heart. And get rid of all the anger and the bitterness, and actually have a you know because you know what the true definition of a liberal is it's being open minded, having a conversation with somebody, and going back and forth whether you change their mind or not. But you had a good conversation, like, well, that was a good conversation. Thank you, bring light things to light, and then walking, shaking hands, and walking away. And they've gotten so far off to where you're like, I'm right, you're wrong. Go, you know, go screw yourself, something like that. It's that's where we're, that's really what it comes down to. Um, we're, we're seeing these issues left and right all day long. And if we can actually sit down and have a civil conversation just because they're, you know, let them get over themselves, you know, 
So like you know, it's like some like a football coach of mine always said, like, "Oh, you're angry, are you? Well, build a bridge and get over it." Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's that's <laughs> true. That's what needs to happen. They need to build a bridge and get over it. I thought my dad just broke uh, in for a second there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're in one of these districts where, you know, this go round, we're going to get uh, a new infusion of fresh blood for the Texas delegation. Uh, certainly there was a new wave that came in the last cycle. Uh, and then after 2020, the new lines are going to be drawn. We're going to see from the census uh, how many new seats the state is going to gain uh, with so many new rep- new congressmen going to D.C., what do you think can be done to unite the Texas delegation to get back to bringing home victories for the Lone Star State? It's going to have to be with working together and make sure that we continue to educate ourselves on the ongoing issues and not being pulled aside by these, by these people that have been in Congress for 20 or 30 years. Um, I mean, I think honestly, if we can do this and get all, if we can gather together with all these other freshman congressmen and women, we can definitely put together, uh, start a revolution across the United States and let people know that regular people like you and I can go and run and win and start this revolution because there's no other way you're going to get rid of, get term limits in place. Cause these, you know, like I said, power, greed and all the money is going to keep these people in power. But if we can get people, uh, encouraged enough to show that people like us can go through and win, we can start that revolution and we can start putting these term limits in place and get rid of all this retirement and wasteful spending in it we see today. You know, the, the, it's about freshmen banding together and creating our own ideas and fresh ideas and fresh and, and like-mindedness to revolutionize the United States and get it back going on track where it needs to be today instead of us being pulled left and right by the people who have been there for 10, 15, 20 years. That's the biggest issue because freshmen get in there, and then next thing you know, they're hanging out with the seniors. Um, they're hanging out with people that's been there forever, and that's how that's that's one way we can we can push forward to go forth and make things actually happen and make a change. Well, that's you why know, we we, we don't need- Vance. We love that uh, we've got young Republicans like you that are getting out there. They are getting active and they are stepping up for their state. Uh, Vance. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, we got to go now, but I want to give you a chance. If people want to find out more about your campaign, follow you on social media, uh, what is the best way for people to engage with you? Yeah, so the best way to engage with me is on uh, – I'm more I'm more active on Facebook, but I do have a webpage. My webpage is Vance, V-A-N-C-E, Snyder, S-N-I-D-E-R, for F-O-R Congress.com. Or you can go on Facebook and go to facebook.com slash Vance, V-A-N-C-E, Snyder, S-N-I-D-E-R, for F-O-R Congress. And you can go that way. And if you're on Facebook, I am very active. I reply to pretty much almost every single person that comments on my stuff personally because I believe in that personal touch. I don't believe in just going like, oh, you want to know about me? Here, go check out my website. You know, you have real questions or real, you know, real questions, you want real answers? go on there and make a comment on something. I'll definitely make sure I comment back. If I miss it, you can send me messages on there on Facebook. Uh, you know, Twitter, I'm still, I'm still working on Twitter and Instagram too. I'm working on both of those as well. Uh, but overall, Facebook's my most active. Uh, Twitter, secondary, and Instagram is my, my last one that I'm not as active on. 
I do post on there. Well, perfect. Uh, Maybe this will be this will be an opportunity to get you uh, some volunteers on the campaign, help boost uh, your social media profile on the Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Vance, again, thank you for taking the time uh, away from uh, uh, playing Mr. Mom and uh, talking with us. Uh, we wish you best of luck in the primary, and we look forward to learning more about you and your candidacy. Yes, sir. Thank you very much for having me today. I really appreciate it. And, um, you know, I hope everybody else has a great rest of your day. And, you know, let's continue to make America great again. That's really what it comes down to. Let's start revolutionizing this. Let's get some young people in office and go forth and, uh, you know, create some new fresh ideas and try instead of sticking to these old ways that we've been doing for the last 20 or 30 years. Hey, I'm all for so, it. Thanks again, brother. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. All right. Thank you again to Vance for joining us during the holidays, uh, taking some time away uh, while he's watching his kids to talk to us about all these crucial issues that are facing voters in 2020 and are facing our country. Uh, Again, I had a great time talking to Vance. If you want to reach Vance, you can find him on social media, Vance Snyder for Congress. Uh, He's on Twitter, on Facebook. His uh, website is vancesnyderforcongress.com. Uh, Be sure and check him out. Thank you again. And thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Big Texas Podcast. If you listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, make sure you also give us a rating and review. Uh, We appreciate you helping build the exposure of Big Texas Podcast and the candidates who are coming on, spending their time with us uh, to talk about these issues. Again, guys, we're having such a good time with this. Got a lot coming up next week, so make sure you stay tuned. And um, until then, friends, we'll see you down the road.